Right now I'm Lily Court, it's a little court Roy, R.P. Coke, Brian, R.P. 24 I can make a cool 50 can, let's 24 out Round with the pack, do 10 seat mounts Feeping your socks and elite three routers I'm thumping through it, I don't need no counter Had to recess, tell the bit my neck, I'm a drown I got oil, I got young, I got wax, I got flour Burn on pre-roll, free go Pluto Drippin' real hard, I'm gonna hop in that Tudo I just made a sign of that pill named Hugo Third left, touch my kind of white collar Got the bomb like Lonzo D Overrated like Joe Flacco, feeling like Jeff Welcome Jones. to the Blue Cup Rivalry Podcast As we move into the fourth week of ACC football Duke is desperately trying to turn around its season, and UNC is only going to play its second game in four weeks. The Blue Devils are off to a rocky start, 0-3, losing all games by 14-plus points. On the other hand, the Tar Heels haven't played since their opening game with Syracuse, and we want to see how that two-weekend two uh, in a row goes when they have not played. It's almost game time. Don't forget to pick up a six-pack or four-pack of the Blue Blood Rivalry Ale. Go to your local supermarket. If they do not have it, go to your manager and ask for it. The official game day beer, the Blue Blood Rivalry Ale, is light, crisp, and refreshing. Remy, let's go to you. Even though Duke has lost its first three games by a combined 52 points, all three games were like one possessions at halftime. What do you think Duke needs to do to like kick off the rust and start winning games? Well, first off, it's a terrible start. Um, But I think a lot of it has to do with turnovers. And Chase Bryce has thrown six interceptions in three games. So, and we fumbled multiple times throughout the entire game. So I think, that is the number one thing. And I think that that's leading to our defense having to be on the field longer and for longer possessions and more possessions. And I know personally that two of our starting backs have already just faced two major injuries and are going to be out for an extended period of time. So I think that's going to hurt us. And then going on defense, I think we're missing more tackles because we're on the field for longer and having to play more reps, like I said. So I think one big turnovers. Okay. So Remy, do you think you got a good team over there? Do you think Duke can turn this around do you think Cutcliffe can make this thing work I think yes but I think we're gonna have to look to make changes I know that there's been talk about a starting quarterback change with Gunner coming in the game and I think honestly like it might be the way to go I think that if we never know what's going to happen unless we make a change and I'm it's at what point do you do that and you have to realize that you're not going to be complacent with your results and have to do something to change to win Okay, so Remy, you guys take on Virginia Tech. Do you know that Virginia Tech beat NC State without 23 of its coaches and players on the field last week? Yeah. 23. Do you Anything know that? Possible, <laughs> Anything is possible. Okay, now Remy, I'm going to go over to Natalie. Natalie, uh, UNC, let's talk about them. Um, Let's be honest, the first half of the uh, Syracuse game, they looked really rusty. Uh, and then they kind of turned it around in the second half. Do you think they're going to be ready to play with two weeks off when they lost the game because UNC Charlotte couldn't make the game because of COVID-19? What are your thoughts, Natalie? 
I mean, hey, you can call it being rested. I guess we'll find out. You could have said the same thing before the season opener. I mean, how many weeks, months had they gone without competition? And the first game is really hard to draw a lot of conclusions on how things are clicking offensively and defensively because you just never know how the season is going to unravel. It's the first game, first competition under the circumstances of a pandemic. But I will say you're absolutely right. The first half did look a little shaky, but I'm, I'm not worried at all. I think Sam Howell completing, I mean, what, almost 75% of passes for over 300 yards. I saw, I liked a lot of what I saw, and I think that they'll be able to take care of Boston College handily this weekend. Okay, but Natalie, let's talk about a reset. You know, they talk about football teams uh, doing, getting better from week one to week two. And the reason why football teams get better from week one to week two is because they go into week one, hopefully they get a win. They find out all their problems. They go into week two and they, they fix their problems and they come back and play. For me, UNC is basically on a reset because they didn't get a chance to get right back after it and fix some of the things that went wrong in the first half. My question to you is like, did they play a game and basically have to go to a mini camp and restart their season? What are your thoughts on that? And how would that affect them? It is similar to a season restart, but at the same time, because they've already seen how they'll fare in competition, I don't think that it will cause a major problem. I think the biggest thing that's happened from week one to now is that they've got a whole lot more to lose because coming into this season, there's always going to be hype about a new coach, a program that's improving, but there wasn't as much hype surrounding them and their ranking didn't soar as much as it did after the initial win. So now I just am curious how they're going to respond when they have a little bit more to lose. And if they were to actually drop one this week, how that would affect the rest of the season. I think it's critical that they pick up another win. Okay. Remy, I'm going to go back to you. I want to talk about the offensive struggles over at Duke. In your opinion, is the offense struggle other than losing the ball a quarterback situation or is it an offensive coordinator situation or is it an entire team situation? Remy, your thoughts? I think it's an entire team situation, but I also think the entire team situation in the sense that chemistry and the idea that I mentioned in the last podcast with a transfer quarterback coming in and we not having a normal year where they have the summer to prepare the normal camp going into the season, like creating that chemistry on and off the field, on the field with being in line with the receivers and knowing what your quarterback's going to do. So I think that's something we're struggling with, but I also think our run game, like if we're not going to be able to throw the ball, we have to be very good in our run game. And that's something we're still developing. I think. Okay, let me ask you a question. Chase Bryce, is he, the, is he the answer? Right now, it's not looking like it. So do you think he's going to make a, a change at a quarterback? If not week, one, not week two, week three, week four? This is week, week four, right? I think it's definitely a look into change because you have to see Gunnar went into the game, Chris Kotrenik went into the game. I think there's looking at change, but I don't know if Cutliff is actually going to pull the plug or it's going to take okay. a play in the game to cause something bad to happen, and then he'll look. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. So, Natalie, let's uh, flip back to uh, UNC, and let's talk specifically about Sam Howell. Everybody agrees first half he looked really, really shaky. He got it together in the second half. Um, UNC relied heavily on their rushing attack. Do you think his first game is a potential 
warning sign or was he just shaking off the rust? I mean, I will say if you look at the game conclusively, he completed three-fourths of all of his passes thrown. He had over 300 yards. I mean, I think that is remarkable, especially if he had a shaky first half. So I'm not worried about Sam Howell. I think that he's not really proving himself anymore. He had his entire freshman season to prove what he's capable of. It's going to be a matter of the offense clicking as well, but I think that for rushing and receiving, we have some of the best rushers and receivers in the ACC. If you look at our receiving unit, we're absolutely stacked. I mean, Deami Brown, Bo Corrales, both of them looked really strong, and there, there's so many others too. So I just think that it's a very well-balanced offensive attack, and if things are clicking defensively as well and they're getting stops, then, I mean, we look as good as what the hype is saying right now. But that being said, I still think that it'll be interesting to see how they manage having more to lose. It's almost game time. Don't forget to pick up a six-pack or four-pack of the Blue Blood Rivalry Ale. Go to your local supermarket if they do not have it, go to your manager and ask for it. The official game day beer, the Blue Blood Rivalry Ale, is light, crisp, and refreshing. All right, Remy, you got no fans in the stands. You're 0-3. What type of support do you think Duke Nation is going to put around this football team um, should they win this weekend or what type of support would they not put around this team? Should they lose and be 0-4? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I think like as a Duke fan and a Duke athlete, like diehard Duke fans are always going to support the team. But I definitely do think that students and other just people who like Duke, not diehard fans, will slowly and lose faith in our Duke team, especially if we continue not to win. Um, I don't know, like, we don't really have a big football support system as it is. Like, if fans were allowed in the stadiums, it's, like, not a packed stadium on game day. So, I honestly don't know how many fans would be showing up right now considering our record in a normal year. And you know you guys went to Virginia Tech last year and just blew their doors off last year. You know they're probably going to stick it to you this year. Do you know, you know that, right? This game is either going to be a good game or it's going to be really – really ugly i feel like that's how a lot of our games have been though Haas, <laughs> all right natalie we're gonna go back over to chapel hill um covid has clearly impacted this season it's a weird season there's no fans the tar hills had a cancellation against unc charlotte do you think the weird environment and the schedule will impact the players on the field or do you think this scheduling will enhance the play on the field with no fans. Thoughts, Natalie? You know, I actually asked this question to Taman Fox when I got to talk to him a couple weeks ago. He's actually one of the players that designed the patch for social justice that the players will be wearing. And what his take on it was that his teammates seemed to agree with him about is when you're on the field, noise is noise. Crowd noise is crowd noise. It can sound like fans in the stands, but 
he said that when you are locked in on the next play, it doesn't really have an impact on you. And here's where I will say there's a chance that that could differ. I go back to Clemson last year in Chapel Hill when people thought that Clemson and UNC was not even going to be a close game. And we ended up losing by just a couple points, an absolute thriller. The impact that the fans had on that game in the end of the fourth quarter was tremendous. I don't know if we don't lose by a one-score deficit if they're not fans in the stands. So I think that will be the huge deciding factor is when momentum is needed to play up to a better team and potentially pull off an upset. If you're relying on crowd noise and 7% of the stadium being filled, you might not experience as big of an impact. And you can say that it, you know, it doesn't matter if you're locked in on the play, but you're not going to have any boost to get through that next play. All right, so let me ask you, you're, you're heading to Boston College. Is there a home field advantage? Is there any advantage? I mean, the NBA players said the games were closer in the bubble because there were no fans and there was no home field advantage. Is this good or bad for Carolina? So we talk about how throughout the FBS, there's not a uniform policy about fans. UNC is just now allowing 7% at one of the upcoming games so I think there can be an advantage, but if you don't have a full stadium or even halfway there, if you're about a quarter or under, how big of an advantage is that really? I will say, though, I saw Florida State had a home game. Their stands, I mean, it didn't look like last year by any means, but they had fans in that stadium and a lot of fans. If you go to a Florida State and play, I think in Tallahassee there's a home field advantage. You could say that. <laughs> If it's a Boston College Carolina game, I'm not picking up as much of a home field advantage from that because the regulations are similar. I mean, I, I just think that w with something, with a case like that, it's, it doesn't make a big difference. But if UNC was traveling to Florida State, yeah, there's a home field advantage. Or is okay, Remy, uh, you guys have a, you have a home game this weekend, right, Remy? Wait, I had a question, Haas. Is Boston College allowing fans? Sure. They are. Uh, I don't believe they are. Uh, oh. there, there are no fans in the stand there. Um, I think they've got the same policy as Duke University. Um, but your game is home this weekend, correct? Yeah. Okay. Is there any advantage to having no fans? Or And I want you to talk about what it was like playing Carolina last weekend with no fans in the stands. Like, what was that like? I mean, could your parents even come? No, our parents weren't allowed to come to the game, which is, like, kind of disappointing. But I think – I don't honestly think we need fans. Like, I think the – especially, like, a rivalry game, like a Duke-Carolina game, like, I think the hype is brought by the players. And I think everyone goes into that game in a certain mindset. And, yes, the fans accentuate it. But I think in order to win one of those games, you have to have a mentality that, like, you're not going to lose. And I think that stems from you. It doesn't matter how hype people are around you. Like – you're the one playing, not them, personally. And when your experience with no fans being an NCAA athlete, it didn't matter to you. I mean, our sport is different. The only game that I've played with 5,000 fans is the game against Carolina last year when you guys had your se the season opener in your new stadium. That was insane and, like, a completely different atmosphere. But, like, for women's soccer, there aren't that many fans typically at games. We get, like, max a couple hundred. Um, I think there's a different level – in comparison to football games, for sure. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, so uh, Virginia Tech is uh, coming there. You're saying you don't know if there's going to be an advantage 
advantage, but you just you just think they're going to play that game. I think they're going to play that game. I think – I mean, if I were them, I'm thinking we're 0-3. We're being ridiculed. We think we can't keep the ball. We have no offense. I would come out with the mentality that, like, I'm hungry. I want to prove them wrong, but that's just me. All right, great, great. And, Natalie, we're going to switch back to you. Boston College, I believe, is 0-2. I think they've won two games. Carolina is 1-0, coming off of two weekends where they've been rested. What are your expectations for this weekend? I think that right now, as you mentioned, the Tar Heels are heavy favorites, as they should be. Boston College has not really impressed me. I think they had a 24-21 win over Texas State. If you're beating Texas State by a field goal, and I think Texas State just got a football team in the last five years, I'm not going to be super thrilled um, about that team. But what you can say about Boston College is that they do have a Notre Dame transfer at quarterback. So Jerkovic, Jerkovic, I don't know how to say his last name, but he is an experienced guy, and he's the one leading the offensive charge for BC. So I think that definitely works in their favor. But beyond that, they're going to have to majorly step it up. If you're just scraping by Texas State, maybe you're, you could say you're playing down, but you've really got to bring some competition because overall, Sam Howell's just as good or better of a, a quarterback than Jerkovich, and also he has a better team around him. So on paper, the Tar Heels should win handily. Natalie, so do you they beat us 26-6. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They, know, did, they, did beat you. they did beat you that well, that badly. So, do you think this is going to be like a gunslinger uh, game, uh, Jerkovic versus Howell? What do you think, Natalie? It's going to depend. The Eagles' running game has not worked so far this season, so I do expect a lot more throwing the ball rather than rushing for BC. Sam Howell, it's going to depend on the day he's having. I mean, we saw the first half. Uh, their first game of the season, he wasn't really firing on all cylinders. They really relied on the rushing game. So it's going to depend how he starts the game. The offense will probably adapt. That will dictate how many completions Sam Howell has. But I think that you should expect both offenses to be led by experienced quarterbacks. They hopefully, hopefully it's a high scoring game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it might be high scoring in UNC's favor. They might end up racking some points up on BC. I hope I'm not eating these words later, but the on-paper matchup looks like it. All right, Natalie, I'm going to conclude with you. Uh, on your side, are you happy to have football back? Are you happy to have something to talk about? How do you feel? I mean, I'm really excited to have football back 100%. I think a lot of people, even when it was opening weekend, there was sort of an era of, wow, is this really happening? There was doubt for me if this was going to happen leading up to the day of. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'm very excited. I think that this is going to be a really interesting year for college football because all other fall sports cannot compete for a championship but college football is going to compete for a championship. And this is in the era, if I'm not mistaken, they are still competing for a championship. And this is in the era of a pandemic. So I am hoping that there will be a dark horse competitor that shows up in the playoff and takes the whole thing. That's what I want. If this is an unprecedented time, let's have an unprecedented champion. I think it would be really exciting and it's a big opportunity. So you're saying UNC is going to win? Is that what you're telling me? That'll be your say, dark horse? I didn't say that. I just said a dark horse. Okay. So I would okay. love that. But I'm an underdog regardless. 
quick question. Where are you watching the game, COVID-19? How are you going to take in this game? Tell, tell, tell America how you gonna, or tell the world how you're going to take in this game. So I are you going to do it in like a pack frat house or anything like that? No. So that's not actually permitted, but good try. Uh, but <laughs> I have not been in Chapel Hill for a UNC game yet. I mean, we've only had one. Granted, I should have been if things were scheduled irregularly at the last couple following. But the first game I wasn't in Chapel Hill. I'll actually be in Athens this weekend. So I'll be watching the UGA Auburn game at a bar somewhere in Athens. But as far as the Carolina game, I'll probably be watching on my phone or on TV elsewhere. But I'm just sad I have not lined up with the UNC schedule and being in Chapel Hill. But if I was, I would be outside at Might As Well Bar and Grill on Franklin Street. All right, Remy, Coach Cuffcliffe has not announced his starter. Who do you think is going to start, Chase Bryant or Holmgren? I honestly have no idea who's going to start, but personally, I'm all for change. I'm all for if something's not working, you should at least try to change it, and then if it doesn't work, revert back. So personally, I would start Gunner or Chris, the other quarterback that's in contention, but we just need some results, and I don't know if Chase Bryce can bring it for us, honestly. Okay. Rennie, are you going to watch the game? Yeah, I'll watch. Unless it gets okay, where are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch it in like a packed, like – wall-to-wall, college student, bar? Are you going to take over a bar? What are you going to do? Definitely a not. Socially distant. Um, being <laughs> having my own season to worry about and, like, affecting my own team, um, probably just a bunch of us will get together in, like, an apartment, our team. Okay, so-, so you're telling me you're going to quarantine. You're going to quarantine with your teammates and take in the Duke game? Yes. Yeah. At the Waduke? At the Duke? At, like, something like that? No, we're actually back in our apartments now. We were in the JB Duke for a period after our first game. And thankfully, our sophomores and freshmen were not moved there permanently. But that was a thought at one point. So, no, we are back in our apartments. All right, Remy. We're going to conclude there. We wish you luck with the best of the season. Stay COVID-free. Natalie, we, uh, we always appreciate your insights into Carolina sports. And as we always say, Blue Blood TV. We out. We out. Go heels. We out. Yo, here for this. Why is that cheap? Right now, Lily Court, it's a little quarter. I repeat, Cobra, I repeat, 24. I can make cool 50k, let's 24 out.